the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Twin Cities Wellness Radio. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. President Trump is sounding off following a national TV interview with a former top FBI official. Wow, so many lies. That's how President Trump began an early morning tweet aimed at former FBI Director Andrew McCabe. On last night's 60 Minutes, McCabe said a crime may have been committed when Trump fired then-FBI Director James Comey back in 2017 and tried to publicly undermine an investigation into his campaign's ties to Russia, among other claims. Trump tweets that McCabe was fired for lying, adding that his story gets even more deranged and also takes shots at former FBI directors Rod Rosenstein and Jeff Sessions. Matt Small, Washington. As lawsuits are drafted over the president's national emergency border declaration, protesters planning demonstrations today in different parts of the country. This is SRN News. February is American Heart Month. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. One in every three deaths is from heart disease and stroke, equaling about 2,200 deaths per day. Prevention starts with everyone. To learn more about risks and prevention, visit cdc.gov. This month's Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570. Stream online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com or tune in with our free mobile app. If you haven't joined the fan club for Wellness 1570, I encourage you to do so. we got a lot of great perks to go along with it, exclusive content, prizes and contests, and more. Just go to TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com and uh, join the Wellness Fan Club. From the Eagle Wellness Studios on this President's Day, mostly cloudy and 20 for the high. Coming up, it's Like It Matters Radio. You own a local business or any business, and your national competition has a backroom of digital marketing minions who are eating your lunch. But you can beat them with our digital marketing experts. We're Salem Surround. We can surround potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We make every digital dollar count towards sales success. We won't waste your money. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you do what you do best, run your business, while we deliver customers from everywhere. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at www.textrules.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. There's a mute button on your cell. And one on your TV remote. Don't you wish there was one on your partner's snoring too? Thankfully, now there is. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device that increases airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. You'll get more air through your nose so you'll breathe less through your mouth, which is often the cause of snoring. And thanks to Mute, less snoring means more sleep for me. Hit the mute button on your partner's snoring. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To get a valuable coupon, text the word MUTE to 246810. Text M-U-T-E to 246810. For more information, go to MUTESnoring.com. MUTE. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. Recent research even shows that in a sample of 1,200 colleges and university faculty, 53% held unfavorable feelings toward evangelical Christians, while at the same time holding favorable opinions of most other religious groups. So how do we reverse this ever-rising tide? At Wellness Radio 1570, we believe we have a solution. 
Wellness Radio is proud to announce our exclusive partnership with Judson University. Through our partnership, we are excited to offer a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half, making a private Christian college education even more attractive and affordable. These tuition grants are available now. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406 to learn more. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be, the time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today, we're going to continue with our week of anger. And today, we're going to be talking about anger and its impact on leadership. You know, there's a Discovery Channel out there, and uh, every year they have Shark Week. Shark Week, Shark Week, Shark Week. And man, there's so much now promoting and coming up with Shark Week. And all week long, they show all these documentaries on sharks, you know, the, the scary predator of that shark. Well, this week, we've been doing something similar, and it's be called uh, it's Anger Week. Now, in between this Anger Week, we, uh, we did have Valentine's Day, so we, we covered the topic of love. And the language of love on Valentine's Day. On Friday, we went ahead and went into uh, becoming emotionally intelligent on how to take any emotion and how to use it intentionally. And today we're going to continue talking in on anger and its impact on leadership. Because just like Shark Week, a shark is the ultimate predator in the ocean that people are scared of, people think about, there's movies about it. Well, let's be honest, anger... Uh, plays the same, a similar analogous role in our life. It is that monster below the deep. It is that picture you see of an iceberg. You see a, you know, maybe 20 feet above water, uh, this beautiful iceberg. But if you went underwater, you'd see that most of it is underwater. Three quarters of it, four fifths of it. I don't know what the number is, but majority of that huge block of ice is actually under the water. What you're seeing on the top is just the quote tip of the iceberg. And boy, you're dealing with that when you look around at people and you look them in the eyes, you're just looking at the tip of the iceberg. You're living in a world where people stuff, 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 snap. Stuff, 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 snap. Stuff, 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 snap. And so that's why we want to talk about this thing called anger. And today, as we cover anger and its impact on leadership, we're going to ask and answer five questions. Number one, what is anger? Uh, Number two, where does anger come from? Number three, is it ever acceptable to show anger? Number four, how does anger affect our leadership? Uh, And number five, how can we gain mastery over anger and or how do we expunge, I love that word expunge, anger from our past experience? And first of all, I want to apologize. You know, uh, I've been doing this radio show going on my fourth year. Uh, and one thing I realized over a couple of shows over the last couple of weeks is uh, got a little more political and got a little more, quote, angry. So I don't apologize for that. Uh, sometimes I get a little dark because I see the sins of the world. I see the abuse and uh, the molestation, the darkness of the world. And some of you don't like that. I get it. Some of you uh, live in denial. I get it. Uh, I just want to be happy. I don't want to turn on the radio to deal with this and deal with that. I get it. I get what you're saying. And I want you listening because it'll benefit you and your marriage and your family. And realize that part of life is to take a look at some of the uncomfortable stuff. You know, the, Jesus said the truth will set you free, but it was, I think, Garfield, uh, Charles, I think it was, who said, first, it's going to make you miserable. And you don't go to a doctor until you know you're sick. You don't go to a savior until you know you're sick. You don't go to get help until you know you need help. And we live in denial. And denial is not a river in Egypt. So I apologize. Sometimes it get a little dark, but I, I got to wake you up. I got to shock your system. I got to get you aware of what's really going on. And secondly, I don't like to be political on the show. That's not what this is. It's not a political show. 
Uh, and so I apologize the last couple of weeks when I kind of go that way a little bit. I'm just blown away um, by the hypocrisy out there. I can be honest with you, I, I, there's a lot of good people out there that are going along with the world and just hating. Hating, wanting to destroy a man, which is in the process hurting our country. And uh, and it's just, it's the it's the sport of the day. It's piling on. And it just, I, I find it so offensive that as I talk about people about truth, it's hard not when I see such joke going on in the political world that people pretend one thing's going on when something else is going on. It's just, it's hard. Uh, and I've been uh, convicted by God to speak the truth. So not my intent. This is not a political show. I do my best to stay away. But, uh, you know, there is culture that's to be talked about. Culture is a series of repeated events, uh, uh, norms. And the, uh, what is it, philosophy in the classroom in one generation will be the philosophy of our government in the next. So you can say whatever you want. But people talk politics all the time as they criticize other people for talking politics. So not my intent. Uh, I do my best to stay away from that because some of you just get turned off no matter what because you're stuck in your own belief systems. And I don't want to trigger that, if you will. But hopefully at some point uh, you listen long enough that we can trust each other uh, and that you and I can not have to agree on everything. We can agree to disagree on some things. That doesn't mean we need to hate each other. That doesn't mean we need to be angry and beat up people or protest outside of something. It just knows that there's something that's stirring us up. And so today, let's talk about anger and its impact on leadership. So first, what is anger? Well, the, the basic answer to that question, it's an emotion, right? And so you got to realize that a lot of people want to make this emotion good or this emotion bad. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, emotions are inherently neither positive nor negative. Now, that's going to challenge your thinking right there because you want to believe that some are good, some are bad. It, it Really, it, our emotions by themselves do not make them good or bad. What makes them good or bad is what we do with them. But think about it. Emotion, by definition, is an intense feeling. It's to give expression to. It's applying a movement. And as I said before, emotions are inherently neither positive nor negative. Rather, they serve as the single most powerful source of human energy, authenticity, and drive, and can offer us a wellspring of intuitive wisdom. In fact, emotions provide us with vital and potentially profitable information every minute of the day. Now, this feedback from the heart and not the head is what ignites creative genius. It, it keeps you honest with yourself. It shapes trusting relationships. It provides an inner compass for your life and career. And it guides you to unexpected possibilities. Now, contrary to conventional thinking, in other words, it's not true what most people think. Emotions are rarely intrusions into our lives. But they are intelligent, sensitive, beneficial, even wise. They are the primary source of motivation, information, personal power, innovation, and influence. Consider this, ladies and gentlemen. In most cases, emotions are not, N-O-T, are not at odds with good judgment and reasoning. I'm going to suggest they inspire and enliven good judgment and reasoning. And I'm also suggest that they are linked to success and profitability. If you consider this statement, everything important that happens to us arouses emotion. Everything important that happens to us arouses emotion. Emotions are the indispensable fuel that propels us to greatness. Now, emotions come from where? They come from the heart, right? Do you realize that scientists can measure the heart's energy from five feet away? The heart is such a powerful instrument. It is the source of our power. It is the source of our fuel. It is the fuel source. It activates our deepest values. It radiates. It knows things our mind does not and cannot know. The heart is a place of courage, spirit, integrity, commitment, compassion, empathy, understanding, caring, and most of the other great leadership characteristics. It is a source of energy that calls us to learn, cooperate, lead, and serve. And so what is anger? Well, to begin with, it's essential to realize that anger is one emotion. But it is the one emotion that warrants being seen as moralistic. Do you get this? It has everything to do with values. That's why we live in the world day of Trump. We got 43% of the country being told to hate this guy. He's this, he's that, and all that. Right? Why? Because they're morally superior to him. I mean, if you look at it, that's really what it's about. That's why you got to realize this anger warrants being seen as moralistic. And it has everything to do with values, the system of ethics that we personally are devoted to. In fact, if we weren't capable of making an indignant assessment that something or someone was unfair, the feeling wouldn't exist at all. And by getting irritated with what you regard as wrong or unjust, you can experience the immediate and substantial gratification of occupying the moral high ground. 
Don't you get it? It shows us that we are better than other people. We're smarter. We're better. That's why it's a condescending. It starts from a place almost of condescension. And so we got to be aware. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're staying on this week of anger. And we're talking about anger and its impact on leadership. We're answering five questions today on anger. And the first one is, what is anger? So I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. We'll be back in three minutes with radio that's inspirational, educational, and applicational. Here's what, a, here's what a pastor from North Carolina, who served for 33 years, said about Leadership Awakening. If you don't think you need it, you're probably the one that needs it the most. You know, I was one of those, been there, done that, and I've been through some powerful things. Most of them have been ministry-related, and I mean, I'm, I've been in the hearing and in the presence of some of the best speakers about Christian things that the world knows. And I've been encouraged, and I've been excited, and I've been given energy. Honestly, this did something for me that none of those ever did, and I'm not sure ever could, because it presented to me some methodologies and some practical principles that I had never learned, and it has made a tremendous impact on my life. Change the course of your life by attending the next Like It Matters Leadership Awakening in Minneapolis, March 28th through the 30th. Go to likeitmatters.net, click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Giving your computer problems a boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. If listening to Mr. Black on Like It Matters Radio is not enough, if you need more of him, here's one option for your Mr. Black fix. Like It Matters Way of Warrior is his daily blog that can be delivered directly to you. Each day, he chooses a word from the Book of Wisdom and expands and illuminates the scripture to allow for application. Go to wayofwarrior.blog, click the follow button, and join the daily blog. For more of Mr. Black, go to wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. Raise the bar with Mr. Black. In addition to Like It Matters Radio, Mr. Black is available for life caddy work. One-on-one coaching to help you achieve your dreams. Need a keynote speaker? Mr. Black will personalize a message for your audience. He also provides customized training for your business or organization. And of course, who can forget Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training, where thousands of lives have been transformed. All at likeitmatters.net. Raise the bar with Mr. Black at likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And again, I want to thank you for spending an hour of your day. You know, time's a rare commodity. It's one thing we can never replace. And uh, I want this to be a haven for you, a place where you can go to be stretched, uh, for you to be a little uncomfortable. I'm going to challenge your thinking. Uh, I'm going to get you outside of your comfort zone to make you take a look at something a little bit different. Matter of fact, um, this week I'm going to do a show on critical thinking because uh, just like the United Negro College Fund, their ad used to say, the mind, what a terrible thing to waste. I think we've lost our ability to critically think. We become drones. We're just told what to think. We do group think and we just blend in with everybody else and we don't want to be picked on. We don't want to be outcast. Uh, we don't want to be looked down upon. We don't want to be defriended on Facebook. Uh, So we just basically believe what everybody else believes and what they tell us to believe. 
But Dr. Viktor Frankl, who is uh, considered the father of logotherapy, and one of my favorite quotes said this, between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your power and your freedom. And as we celebrate Black History Month, let me suggest that Dr. Martin Luther King uh, knew that power and the freedom. He knew to occupy that space. Uh, um, you know, think about it. You know, Rosa Parks knew that power. She wielded that power between the stimulus and the response. That she stood in that space where she said she would not sit down. You got Jackie Robinson, the first black player in Major League Baseball, that knew between the stimulus and the response that there was a space. And in that space was his freedom, was his power. And that's why he was selected as the first black player uh, in professional uh, baseball. And so we've got to reclaim that power. We've got to reclaim that freedom. We've got to stand in the space between, just like when Jesus was being crucified, he said seven things on the cross. And the first thing he said, all of us need to hear, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Because if he was the Son of God, if he was technically fully man and fully God, and he was being tortured by his creatures, by those that he created, as terrible as that was, and then he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The question each and every one of us has to ask, what can another man do to us, a fellow creature, that could be worse than what we did to God himself? And so that's probably a reason why some people don't want to believe in God, because, but then we feel guilty. We're a sinner. We're less than we want to feel, and so we don't want to believe that because we're great creatures. And so we're talking about anger and its impact on leadership today. So what is anger? We discussed it's an emotion. It's an emotion. And it's emotion that uh, basically comes from a, a feeling of moralism, of moralist. I mean, look at the whole build a wall or don't build a wall. We actually had Nancy Pelosi said that it was immoral. Walls are immoral. Wow, most of you out there listening have walls around your house. The Vatican has a wall around it. Heaven has a wall around it. There's a book of Nehemiah that talks about reconstructing the wall. Jerusalem had a wall around it. Wow. Israel has walls around it. Temples have walls around it. Synagogue, oh my gosh. It's stunning. But see, that's why we can get so angry and want to destroy someone. Because to begin with, it's essential to realize that anger is the one emotion that warrants being seen as moralistic. Let me give you an example. If you're fired from a job you believe you performed well, and your boss can offer you no credible explanation for letting you go, you'll almost automatically experience the disgruntlement of anger. After all, your fundamental sense of fairness has been violated. And the same holds true for a situation in which you feel taken advantage of or exploited. On a somewhat less personal level, if you firmly believe that the minimum wage should be raised and you learn that Congress has refused to allow this, your perceptions of injustice will also lead you to experience, quote, righteous anger. And now we live in a world where if you're angry, you can do anything you want as long as the other person is below you on the moral pecking order. Right? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, no one wants to be honest. I don't want to offend anybody. But the truth's going to set you free. First, it's going to make you miserable. Miserable. So where does anger come from? Right? Well, I told you it comes from a, a feeling of being moralistically superior. But let me kind of expand on the list and let you understand a little deeper uh, where it comes from. It comes from fear. False evidence appearing real. Anger is based in fear. You got to get that. That's where it's, it, if you had to put emotions in subset groups of love, fear, whatever they are, I mean, anger would have to be in the category called fear. Fear of loss, fear of disappointment, uh, fear of failure, right? It comes from failed expectations. You know, I remember a lady came out of our train, was on fire, was committed to rework on her marriage. Uh, she'd taken off her wedding ring. They were separated. Uh, and she came home. She was new again, new heart, new mind. She came home. Uh, her husband didn't help her get her luggage in. Uh, the house wasn't clean. And she went off. See? Failed expectations. She was expecting her husband to take her luggage. She was expecting the house to be clean. And when it wasn't, she went into that space between. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It's our freedom that we've given away. We need to take it back. So in between the stimulus and the response, she went in her head, I always have to do everything. He can't even take my bags. He doesn't love me. Why do I always have to clean up the house? Why does nobody else clean up the house? Am I a maid for everybody? Is that all I'm about? Don't you hear it? 
That's what you do, too. You do the same thing. Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. Uh, Anger comes from disrespect. Yep. Disrespect. That we feel, you know, don't you know who I am? This is the whole privilege movement. This is the whole thing about racism now, where uh, if you're anything that lacks color is bad, only those things of color are good. So anything white or in the realm of white is bad. It's bad. I mean, someone, a famous entertainer called uh, Valerie Jarrett made a comment about Valerie Jarrett not knowing she was black. Because if you look at Valerie Jarrett, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't look black. And then all of a sudden she said a comment about a monkey uh, and she lost her entire livelihood. But if, but yet they called the guy in the White House all the time a orangutan, an orange guy. I mean, so it, you see what I'm saying? It just gets, it's disrespect, what we consider disrespect, and disrespect's an internal uh, litmus test. Number four, anger comes from lack of self-awareness. We don't know who we are. And so then we let other people define us. And then when other people define us less than we think we should be, don't you see? A lack of self-awareness. Let's say someone came up to you, a drunk, homeless person, came up to you and you're a parent and said, you're a terrible father, you're a terrible mother, you suck as a parent. Would that have any effect on you? Now, if you don't know that person, if you realize that person's drunk, that person's homeless, you're going to brush off that comment unless over the last week you've been processing if you're a good parent or not, and then that might trigger. But outside that, because you have no respect for that person because you believe you know yourself better than that person. Don't you get it? That's why one of the anger comes from a lack of self-awareness. How about our history of being hurt by others and ourselves? It's triggers. You know, we've been treated with prejudice, we've been abandoned, we've been discounted, we've been abused, we've been molested. Some of you have been treated poorly because of the color of your skin. But let's be honest, uh, if you're treated poorly, does it really matter why you didn't get the job? Does it matter why someone uh, shot you because they didn't like your skin color, because they didn't like you or because they were angry? Does it really matter? Do you see, our history of being uh, hurt by others helps us to frame things. And then we project past hurts onto other people because maybe they unconsciously remind us of this or remind us of that or the situation looks similar. And another reason, another place where anger comes from, self-limiting beliefs. You know, we box ourselves in because we don't think we can or we don't think life's fair or we don't think it's fair that he got more than we did or she got more than I did. Don't you see? It all comes from that. And so that's where anger comes from. But you got to realize anger doesn't have to necessarily be bad, right? You know, I think it was Philip DeCourcy that said, uh, no man can claim to be good who is unable to be angry at, at that which is bad, right? Uh, I think it was uh, Martin Luther said, I have no better remedy than anger. If I want to write, pray, preach well, then I must be angry. Then my entire blood supply refreshes itself. My mind is alert and all my temptations depart. And it was William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army, that said this quote, and I love this. He says, while women weep, I'll fight. While children go hungry, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, I'll fight. While there's a drunkard left, I'll fight. Where there's a poor girl in the streets, I'll fight. Where there remains one dark soul without the lie of the gospel, I'll fight, I'll fight, I'll fight, I'll fight. To the very end. See, uh, William Wilberforce got angry at slavery. And he pushed for the abolition of slavery. Dr. Martin Luther King got angry at racism. And he did the peaceful civil rights movement that changed our country forever. And it's still changing it. Right? John Walsh got angry about the abduction and murder of his son Adam in 1981 and created America's Most Wanted. Candy Leitner got angry when she lost her 13-year-old daughter, Carrie Leitner, when she got killed by a drunk driver in 1980, and she created a mad mothers against drunk driving. Martin Luther got angry about the indulgences of the Catholic Church and the perversion of the gospel. See, William Wilberforce's anger led him to the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833, which abolished slavery in most of the British Empire. See, in 1980, 13-year-old Carrie Leitner of Fair Oaks, California, is walking along a quiet road on her way to a church carnival. And a drunk driver killed her. And her mom, Candy, got so angry that she found an organization called Mothers Against Drunk Driving, which would grow into one of the country's most influential nonprofit organizations. John Walsh 
is known for his anti-crime activism, which he became in, involved with following the murder of his son, Little Adam, in 1981. And now there's over 1,500 people whose lives have been altered because of America's Most Wanted. 500 years ago, on October 31, 1517, the small-town monk Martin Luther marched up to the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, and nailed his 95 theses to the door, thus lighting the flame of the Reformation, the split between the Catholic and Protestant churches. See, his anger stirred him up. And so I'm not saying that anger is necessarily bad. It's what you do with it that gives them that value. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about anger and its impact on leadership. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network, radio that's inspirational, educational, and applicational. When I attended the Leadership Awakening Workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to Chicago, March 14th through the 16th. Details at likeitmatters.net. Have you experienced anxiety, fear, shame, and embarrassment from owing back taxes? Hi, I'm Kathy Hill, founder of Tax Tiger. If you happen to have unpaid or unfiled taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope. Tax Tiger can protect you from the IRS, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate awesome settlements. Above all, Tax Tiger is a company which operates based on Christian principles. If you have an IRS problem, call us today at 612-888-9522 for a free consultation. You can trust Tax Tiger to provide an honest evaluation of your situation. If we can save you money, we'll explain how and answer all of your questions so you'll know exactly where you stand. Call Tax Tiger today at 612-888-9522. You could be closer to financial freedom than you think and you need a tiger on your side. That number again is 612-888-9522 or visit us online at taxtiger.com. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is is off the charts, different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life by attending the next Like It Matters Leadership Awakening in Minneapolis, March 28th through the 30th. Go to likeitmatters.net, click on schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And today we're bringing to a close our week of anger. It's not what you think it is. No, no, no. I'm not a politician. You know, every uh, year on Discovery Network, they do Shark Week, and it's become a big thing, you know, focusing the whole week of different shows on that scary predator. And so this week, I thought I'd focus on the scary predator in the ocean of emotion, and that is called anger, because it is the emotion of choice, and it is something we stuff, 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 explode. Stuff, 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 explode. And today, uh, we're asking five questions on anger. If you miss any of this radio show, you need to listen to it. You need to invest 48 minutes. Remember, our brain is one organ, the only organ in our body, that the more we use it, the better it gets. 
every other organ uh, gets worn out with use. It just does. That's the way we're made. It's disintegrating. But your brain has unlimited plasticity. Your brain can be as young as you want to keep it. Your brain can keep growing and expanding no matter what the rest of your body is doing. So you need to keep working on that one muscle that gets better with use, and that is your noggin. Uh, that is your skeddy in your heady. That's what we're working on here, the brain. And so you need to spend an hour a day with me. Uh, you know, I, I do what I do because of 27 years of transforming people's lives from what it was to what they want it to be. All you got to do is go to likeitmatters.net to read about that. Thousands of testimonials of the tens of thousands of people whose lives have been changed over the last 27 years through my two-and-a-half-day intensive leadership training. Uh, that's why I get to be on the radio. Now, on the radio, we are working to become a nationally syndicated uh, radio program, but we need your help. Uh, we need uh, sponsors. We need donors. We need supporters. I need someone who's going to um, sponsor and put up $100,000 so I can be on the radio in Dallas-Fort Worth. So if you're willing to help change this world by changing our thinking, help Mr. Black go out there and help people live their lives like they matter, then reach out to me because we want to be in the Dallas market with that takes $100,000 to be on the station that we want to be on. We are in two local affiliates, though. We are in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. That is our base. That is our familia. Uh, that is my second home. Uh, the staff and the team uh, at Twin Cities Wellness Radio are such a blessing to me, and I'm so honored to be a part of the Twin Cities Wellness Radio Network, an entire format dedicated to you, the listener. Uh, and so you can listen to us in the beautiful Twin Cities of uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul on your radio dial. Just go to AM. 1570 every Monday through Friday, twice a day, 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and replayed 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're also in the beautiful city of St. Louis, Missouri. Love being a part of the St. Louis uh, community there. We are on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 a.m., the St. Louis Gospel Experience, every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. And we are heard around the world. Uh, we got a great listening audience, Navaldo and his friends out there in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And we got Russia's in, uh, I mean, listeners in Russia, listeners in China. Hey, Kevin, how you doing, my friend? Uh, and we got listeners all over the world. You know, we got tens of thousands of graduates over the last 27 years all over this country in Mexico and Canada. Uh, and so those people are listening as well through iHeartRadio. Uh, if you go to iHeartRadio, it's an app on your phone or your computer, uh, and just query Wellness Radio 1570. There you will find us, uh, Wellness Radio 1570, twice a day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and replayed 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Time. And today we're talking about anger and the five questions. What is anger? Uh, where does anger come from? Uh, is it ever acceptable to show anger? Uh, how does anger affect our leadership? Uh, and then the fifth question, how can we gain mastery over anger and or how do we expunge anger from our past experience? And I got this article from Fast Company a couple years ago. It said, should a leader show anger? Some bosses express admiration and enthusiasm to motivate their employees. Others use anger and criticism to spur them on through intimidation and fear. Which works better? The question asks, the carrot or the stick? The picture is not as clear as you might think. While most people would agree that it's not a good idea to get visibly angry with your employees, there are many examples of successful leaders who are famous for the occasional, if not frequent, nasty tirade. And he goes on to give examples, Gordon Ramsay, Rahm Emanuel, Meg Whitman, Donald Trump. So it is really true that showing your anger will always, uh, so it is it really true that showing your anger will always backfire you uh, on you? No. New research suggests that anger can, in fact, be a good, behavior, a good motivator, but whether or not it works depends, listen, in large part on the personality of your employee. I keep saying this. No one responds to reality. We respond to our personal map of reality. I do the same thing in my training. Most people embrace it because they know someone's life has been changed and they trust the process or they listen to me on the radio for years, and so they get it. But some people going in there taking everything personal. He can't talk to me that way. Does he know who I am? Or they have abuse and pain in their past that they're not ready to deal with, and so they treat me as the abuser. But I'm doing the same thing to everybody. Why are some embracing it? Why are some treating me like El Diablo himself? Because it doesn't matter what I'm doing. What people respond to is what they believe I'm doing based on their past, based on their trauma, based on their drama. And so the article goes on to say from Fast Company by Heidi Grant Halverson, 
says it turns out people different in their extent to which they desire harmonious relationships. For some of us, getting along with other people in our lives is of the utmost importance. Not surprisingly, people who feel this way tend to be more courteous and respectful, and they prefer cooperation over competition and are more trusting and thoughtful of others. In other words, they score high on measures of the personality trait called agreeableness. However, people low in agreeableness, on the other hand, don't care as much if everyone in the sandbox isn't playing nicely together. They get into arguments more often, don't shy away from conflict, and are more skeptical Skeptical of the motives and actions of others and are bothered less by insensitive behavior. It stands to reason, then, that anger should be a more effective motivator for people who care less about harmony but should be too anxiety-provoking and counterproductive when harmonious relationships matter most. So, in a recent study, participants were assigned to four-person teams to work on complex decision-making tasks. After a practice session, the team received comments from their leader, who always gave the team the same feedback, indicating that they needed to work on communication speed and accuracy. All that differed was the emotional tone of the feedback. Quote, angry leaders frowned a lot, spoke in an irritable tone or voice, clenched their fist, and looked stern. While happy leaders looked cheerful, spoke in an upbeat tone of voice, and smiled frequently. Teams whose members... Uh, scored relatively high in agreeableness, performed about 10% better with happy leaders than they did with angry ones. When their leader behaved angrily, these teams reported that they felt the task was too difficult and that required them to pay attention to and make decisions about too many things at once. In other words, they felt rattled and it took a toll on their performance. However, listen, teams that were low in agreeableness performed about 10% better on the task when an angry leader uh, than they did with a happy one. They took the task more seriously and increased their effort, resulting in superior performance. Now, the last piece of this article from Fast Company says this. The take-home message is simply this. If you're going to get angry, make sure you reserve it for your less agreeable employees. They just might find it motivating. And on the bright side, your less agreeable employees are probably the ones making you angry. (laughs) (laughs) in the first place. Just interesting. So, how does anger affect our relationship in a negative way? Well, it tends that we blame others, right? We become blind to our contributions problem because usually we had somewhat of a play in it as well. Uh, We can react uh, without considering the consequence of our actions, right? Like I said, I had to apologize at the beginning of this radio show because a couple times over the last couple of weeks, I've been getting a little more political than I like to be because I'm just, I'm getting angry with the double standard. I'm getting angry that there's one standard for those who sit on the right side of the political aisle and a totally different standard for those that sit on the left. That's always been the case. I get it. But it's never been so so blatantly hypocritical. And a lot of people who are on the other side don't want to see it that way. And so that's getting me a little bit angry. And so uh, why, why, what does anger do? It allows us to react without considering the consequence of our actions. So that was me. So, again, I apologize for that. Number four, we alienate others who are wanting to help us. Because remember, there could be someone that wanting to help us, that they could be an agreeable person, and they could have a lot of trauma and drama, and we get angry. I know, I know none of you do this, but we think it's all about us. So when someone's angry, what did I do wrong? Why does he not like me? We don't ever consider that maybe he had a bad day or maybe he's going through a tough time with his wife or maybe his kid has cancer. We don't do that, right? We alienate others who are wanting to help us because usually when someone gets angry, the other person wants to know, what did I do to make them angry? Maybe you didn't do anything. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe some understanding on your part would help that out, but that's not this show. We overlook opportunities because we are focused on our anger. Because anger uh, is a mistress that demands our attention, right? We can sometimes miss out on the other things around us that might be important to focus on. We also damage trust with others. Because a lot of people have trauma and drama. You just don't know this because you don't go as deep with people as I do. There's a lot of people with hurt and pain. A lot of people have been abused and molested. And so when you come across that way, they go into that little childhood mode of just survive, just getting through. And they shut down and just get through it. So we damage trust with others with anger. We become isolated and paranoid. You know, as, you, as I said before, anger comes from a self-righteous attitude a little bit. It's a, it's a moralistic thing. So we might see ourselves as more self-righteous. 
You know, it, it's okay to beat up on someone wearing a red MAGA hat because they're deplorable and they're racist and they're bigoted. Wow, there's a lot of assumptions for someone that you've never met. Don't know. That's called prejudice. That's called uh, judgment. Uh, that's called a lot of things that supposedly we don't like. And what else does anger affect our leadership? It affects us because it elevates our moral high ground. It puts us above everybody else. But you got to realize this anger is part of life. It's an emotion that we cannot avoid. And so one thing we want to do, and I always like to remember because I have three values on the show, inspirational, educational, but what's the third one? Applicational. I want to make sure you can do something about it. So after the break, what we're going to go is through how we can gain mastery over our anger and or how do we expunge anger from our past experience. A lot of times, it's just about bringing more data into the experience as we look back. We'll be back in three minutes. Give a person a fish and you feed them for a meal. Teach them to fish and you change their destiny. At Like It Matters Radio, we teach you how you were made, how you create experience, and how you can change your world by changing your thinking. Opioid addiction, mental health crisis, PTSD, the soaring suicide rate, political hate and animosity. There is a crisis of toxic proportions and it is destroying us. This pandemic is destroying the foundation of our hope. Hope is fading. At Like It Matters Radio, we help people change their life by changing their thinking and doing based on how we are made. Our mission is to help people maximize their potentials and to live their life like it matters. Our goal is to change this world through our national radio show, bringing hope to listeners everywhere in every heart, body, and soul. We need your help, sponsors, donors, and helpers to do the work that needs to be done to change our world. If you are willing, please email us at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Again, that's mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Join our posse today and leave a legacy for others to follow. Email us at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Still need more of Mr. Black? Understand how your brain is wired with brain mapping. This innate intelligence profile will identify your personality and learning styles to help you maximize your potential. Transformational Leadership Awakening has changed the life of thousands of participants and can change yours too. Mr. Black also does one-on-one life caddy work. If you want him to walk with you and help you be your dreams, then having Mr. Black as a life coach is the answer. Training is available on an individual basis and company-wide, all at likeitmatters.net. This is America's Lifestyle Coach with today's Health Minute. Please visit us at oncallradio.com. Lynn in Huntsville, Alabama writes, Dr. Ace, I'm a proud parent of three school-aged children. What can I do to keep them healthy this cold and flu season? One thing you want to do is make sure everybody's taking plenty of vitamin D. They found that vitamin D is the number one vitamin that will keep viruses and bacteria out of the body and fight against that and keep the immune system strong. So get a little blood test. You can get that done with their pediatricians, and you want to make sure their blood value numbers are between about 40 and 60 on the blood test. Cod liver oil is really good for them to take. It'll keep omega-3 fats, vitamin A, and vitamin D all through the cold and flu season and keep them off gluten. Gluten is a protein found in most grains and the casein protein in milk. Get those together and everybody should be healthy this cold and flu season. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we've been talking about anger and its impact on leadership. If you miss any of this radio show, listen to it again. Listen to the whole thing. Go to iTunes and subscribe to Like It Matters Radio. Yep. You can go to iTunes, we're there, subscribe to Like It Matters Radio, and you can listen to it in blog form whenever you want. And please, if you do Facebook, please like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash L-I-M radio. We always post a picture about today's show and a few words about what we're going to talk. And spread the word. Let people know. If we're going to change this world, we've got to change our thinkings. Today, we're talking about anger and its impact on leadership. 
You know, Thomas Jefferson said, when angry, count to 10 before you speak. A very angry, count to 100. (laughs) Plato said, there are two things a person should never be angry at, what they can help and what they cannot. And Benjamin Franklin said, anger is never without a reason, but seldom with a good one. And Jesus said, uh, do not uh, anger and sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Because, boy, anger gives a foothold to the enemy. And anger creates a chasm that a lot of bitterness and uh, self-righteousness and uh, victimhood piles into. So the last segment here, we want to deal with what to do about it. So we want to have some application here. So I got this article from Psychology Today. It says a powerful two-step process to get rid of unwanted anger. Great article from August 16, 2012. If you want this or anything else, just email me. Email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. Let me know what you think about the radio show. Let me know if you want something I shared. I can email that to you. And I'd love to hear from you. Just love to hear hi. So I I got this article from Psychology Day, a powerful two-step process to get rid of unwanted anger. Uh, And I'm just going to cut through the article. It's a good article. Uh, But it says, okay, number one, relax. Did you hear that? Relax. It says, and as much as anger is the emotion that prepares your entire body for fight versus fear-inspired flight, you must find a way of discharging this non-productive, quote, fighting energy before you do anything else. You need to know that to do, quote, battle, experiencing significant anger automatically activates every muscle group and organ in your body. It's, 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 um, it's revolutionary. It's how you're made. So, broadly defined, all anger is a reaction to some perceived threat. So, it naturally serves as the body's evolutionary cue to ready itself for combat, thus mobilizing the immediate and impulsive action any, quote, stalling reflectiveness would be a handicap. So, anger affects your thinking quite as powerfully as it does your body. Because your thinking is now exaggerated or distorted, if you're to retrieve any emotional equilibrium, so you can reevaluate the situation from a more reasonable adult perspective, you'll need first to find some way of settling yourself down. That is the initial step in this two-step protocol is to calm your upset body and mind. Only then, uh, they say, can you focus on the second step of calming your upset mind. So first the body and secondly the mind. So step number two on two things you can do to tame this monster is reassess, by which I mean get yourself to look at the situation that provoked you from a different, more positive perspective. I can hardly overemphasize that your anger primarily derives from your negative appraisal of what happened. Alter the outlook and the emotion tied to it must change also. So he goes on to say, well, so ask yourself questions like, did he or she really mean what I think I heard them say? Am I assuming something that needs to be verified? Uh, Is this situation as terrible as it feels right now? Am I possibly exaggerating its significance? Is my uh, notion of this person being unfair to to me more a reflection of my self-interested bias than the other person? See, it's asking these questions. This goes back to what I teach. In neuro-linguistic programming, there are three perceptual positions. There's self, which is looking through your eyes. There's other, which is looking at through the eyes of the other person you're interacting with. And there's third position, which is observation, overview, looking at as you're like playing back a video or a movie. Very important. So what I do is I have something called a thoughts and emotion journal. And I use it for those people I coach. I use it in my emotional quotient class, emotional intelligence class, communicating with power. Uh, and so it is basically a nine-step process, I'm sorry, eight-step process, that basically takes what that article in Psychology Today said, you know, a powerful two-step process to get rid of unwanted anger, but I take you through a nine-step process to break it down so that you, this takes you through the process. You don't have to figure anything out. So, number one, uh, situation reaction. You've got to recreate it like a good uh, 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 director, a good producer in a movie. So recreate it in full living color because we go through life unconsciously. So even though we went through it, we were unconscious creatures. So there's a lot of things that were going on that you miss that when you go back through, you'll retrieve that data. And the perceptual positions is always about more data. When you have more data, when you see more of the battlefield, uh, it gives you the opportunity to make better decisions. So you recreate the setting, the situation. You recreate it. You remind yourself. 
you have, you know, recreate all the coordinates. What were you seeing? What were you hearing? What were you feeling? Who were you with? What were you doing? Uh, when was it? What time of day? Were you inside, outside? You recreate it. And then secondly, you look at your intention. What was your intention? As you set up this meeting and this meeting started or this interaction started, what was, you got to go back to walk in your shoes again. As you started that, what was your uh, basic intent? What did you want to take place? Number three, moods and feelings. So now that you're back, going back through this, here you are, it's three o'clock, uh, two weeks ago. You're at this meeting, you have this person, sits in your room, you come, you've understand your intention, and then it goes awry. So what were the mood feelings that were going on at that moment? Describe each mood in one word. And then I also want you to rate the intensity. So uh, I was confused. Why was this person looking at me like this? Uh, and that was not 100. I, I couldn't believe we had set this meeting up two weeks ago. It was very clear why we were getting together. And yet they came in there with a chip on their shoulder, confused. Why are we even meeting? Whatever it was. Um, I came in there and rushed. I was really in a hurry. I didn't have much time, but this was really something important. I told them to be prepared. And, man, they showed up and they were taking their time. Whatever it was, find out what those emotions were. Anger, resentment, confusion, bitterness, whatever it was. Identify all those emotions, not one or two. Go back, rewalk through that, and what was going on in your experience. Don't look here back to two weeks ago. Actually, go back to two weeks ago. Put yourself back in your shoes. Put yourself back in your skin. Re-experience it, but this time consciously, and find out what were those moods, and then put an intensity level on each mood. Number four, automatic thoughts. Remember, our mind is six times faster than we can talk. So when someone does something, there's a stimulus or response, our mind automatically creates images, right? Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. Remember, the mind is six times faster than we talk. So when someone says something or does something, there's a stimulus. We don't respond to that stimulus. What happens is we go to our three channels. We see something, we say something, we feel something about that experience. And then based on that, we respond to it. Those are what are called automatic thoughts. What was going through your mind just before you started to feel this way? And with those thoughts, what does that say about you? What does that mean about you? Your life, your future. What is the worst thing that could happen? Were you emotionally hijacked? I mean, you got to go back there. What were the automatic thoughts? Was it, here we go again? This guy never listens to me? Man, I got five minutes and this is not going good. Man, I thought this was going to be a positive thing, and now it's negative. Man, every time I bring anything up to this person, they always trip out. I mean, you got to know what were those automatic thoughts because they're going on. Remember, we have thirty to 60,000 thoughts a day, and most of them are unconscious and they're repetitious. you got to tune in. you got to get a, a passenger seat and get in the driver's seat. Number five, evidence that supports the automatic thought. So you had all these automatic thoughts. Now, well, the next two questions, you're going to do basically the Benjamin Franklin close. You're going to list out evidence that supports those automatic thoughts. And then you're going to list out number six, evidence that does not support the automatic thoughts. So you're going to circle the automatic thought in the previous column for which you are looking for evidence. Write the factual evidence support this conclusion. And then uh, number six, evidence that does not support the automatic thought. Is this true all the time? If my best friend had this thought, what would I tell them? If they knew, what would they say to me? What has helped me to feel better? What strengths am I ignoring? Am I jumping to conclusions? Am I blaming myself? So whatever those are, and you'll see why you do this. Number seven, what was the appropriate response? What is the appropriate response in situations like this in the future? Now, considering all the information that you have, what responses would have created your desired outcome? Maybe when you knew it was going to be going bad at the beginning, maybe say, listen, I don't want, I'm short on time. doesn't seem like we're in the right mindset to do this. Hey, let, let me go off. What's your schedule like today? Whatever that is. Okay, and then lastly, number eight, rate mood at completion. Remember early on you rated all the moods you were feeling when things started going bad, and then you put intensity levels on them? Now go back to those same four words, five words, six words, whatever those emotions were now, and you, again, re-list uh, out those emotions, and now in the now moment, what you're feeling now about that experience, re-rate those based on zero to 100, based on 100 being the most intense and zero being non-existent. And again, this is what I do as a coach. So reach out to me at Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com or go to likeitmatters.net and let me help you change your life. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future and reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. 
Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. I was thinking recently on how much I dislike buying or selling a car or making any large purchases. No matter what happens, I end up thinking I got the short end of the deal. I have a sneaking suspicion that many of you are just the same as me. I'd like to let you know that if you have us in your home, we will not pressure you into anything. We will tell you what we see as your options, but we do not want you to do something that will give you buyer's remorse. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call today at 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.net. Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.